so today's guest um, is my friend Brooksy, uh, and better known to a lot of people as MC Brooksy. And we get into a lot of things. We talk about um, drum and bass, FIFA, and just really how he got into this, where it all started. And there's some remarkable stories about his childhood and school and changing schools and a lot about the people that supported him along the way. And also the difficult decisions he made when he decided to go out on his own and the criticism he had to face. And we, I tried to get in a little bit with Brooksy about how he copes and how he manages with that. And I think what comes across is he just has a determination and drive. So sometimes those things don't affect him. And I think, and I'm biased because I know him so well, but I think in part that is just because he's passionate. And that a lot of that is what comes across, um, as well as his no, knowledge of the drum and bass scene, um, the shout outs. He shouts out lots of people, especially towards the end. So it's worth a listen. You might be on that list. Um, but it was really good fun. It's one of the great things about doing the podcast is I'm hoping to get more opportunities where I talk to people who I really, really know and just ask them questions and just listen to them in a way that I don't always get an opportunity to do so. Um, but I have a lot of love for this guy and very much appreciate his time. So I hope you enjoy the David Watson podcast with MC Brooksy. Morning, Brooksy. Welcome to the David Watson podcast. How are you? Morning, Dave. Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, mate. How are yourself? Got your morning cup of air or coffee, should I say? I, I've actually got this cup of coffee. I've got another one in a thermos. So, because there's a coffee okay. machine behind me. And oh. so I actually load this up with about, there's probably the equivalent of about four shots of espresso between these two cups. <clears throat> and that's how. And then there's a bottle of milk to my left, which I haven't finished yet which i'll probably drink during the podcast but i'll pour it into a mug so i, I don't look like some skank who's just drinking straight from the milk bottle so yeah I, i'm all good my refreshments are laid out good. so it's fantastic good man. Yeah. so no, you're, you're let's get straight into this and i'm going to hit you with a curveball straight away because we are going to get into drum and bass yeah no worries yeah but i want you to talk to me about because i don't do this as you know i don't have a computer console of any kind i don't play computer games Oh, yeah. I want to know about your lifelong obsession with FIFA. Well, funnily enough, my lifelong obsession with FIFA is about to come to an end because this is going to be the first year that I'm not going to purchase the game. Um, and the, re <laughs> the reason for that appearing uh, is because um, it's not even really about football anymore. You know, it's just, it's kind of just, you know, you can find ways of winning games in awkward ways, and yeah, it's 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 kind of going away from the whole reason why I um, used to play it or have played it for so long. And that main reason being just you know an escape. You know, yeah. It's as simple as that. And, you know, as you know, um, I done football coaching at college. Um, and it's something I didn't, you know, end up pursuing. But you know, it's something that could I potentially could go back to at some stage in my life. Um, but at, at the time, it wasn't right. But um, I get my little fix of, you know, your tactics or whatever. Um, so yeah, I suppose that's the main reason I did it. Um, I play. I've always played Football Manager as well, but that's kind of like my go-to now because I don't have to faff about with playing playing the game as such, you know. 
I remember my nan nan came in a few, um, probably about, uh, it would have been over six months ago now because of uh, the pandemic. Um, but um, I remember her coming in and saying, you still play that game you used to play when you were like five? It's like, well, yeah, I am. But it kind of did make me think that... <laughs> well, because... Yeah. The, the last you know, time I like the, ta- I like the tactical mm. side of it I like being able to manage something and you know well the last yeah. time I would have played something like FIFA would have probably been in the late 90s maybe early noughties so yeah. I know it's evolved from then but I didn't know it evolved into yeah. tactics team setups and stuff no, like that. I, mean, I mean you know anyone who plays FIFA would know will know what I'm going to say is is true. Um, there's, a, there's a concept called ultimate team, and it's um, essentially the closest thing I could compare it to is when you're a kid, you get sticker books. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, wanna, you get these packs, and you want to collect these cards or whatever, and you know as well as me that some cards don't even exist, or, you know, yeah. they are, there's a one in 10,000 chance you're going to pick this card. Um so there's a concept called Ultimate Team where you can get all these different players from different teams and then build your own team, but it's all online and it's all money-based. It's all it's it's virtually gambling. Yeah. Right? And real money. Um, okay. To the point where I know you know I know people whose kids at Christmas or whatever or you know even adults you know are spending two three hundred pounds on these packs just to potentially pack a Messi or a Ronaldo. But this is where it gets interesting, Dave, because they have these legend cards. So, you you know, uh, I think last year I had a, a Rio Ferdinand. Um, I had a Zanetti. I had a Gary Lineker. Um, you know, it's, it's exciting. <clears throat> it's, it's fun. But... Um, it's it's going it's going well away of the reason why I used to play the game or I, yeah. I do still play the game and um, I know Belgium have introduced um, they basically banned that side of the game. Oh right, okay. You know, they don't agree with the fact that people are using money to get upgrades. So, I mean, I mean, I know all different games are kind of like that. I don't play your Fortnite, your Call of Duties, all of that. So, but I know the concept's still the same. Um, and yeah, it's evolved massively online. Um, I mean, 98 was, it was a great game, but it was, it was like, you know, there was probably four buttons and you could just, you know, hit the ball. Yeah, that's where you liked it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it basically had pass, short pass, long pass, shoot and head. I think. Yeah. yeah, and, sprint, and then yeah. <clears throat> sprint, tackle. You know, it, it it was very, and to me that kind of, um, but that was like, um, I think it was knockout Super Kings I used to play. There was okay. a a time where back in the nineties where you play knockout Super Kings, and you could build a career and all of that and win championships, but you really did have to know your basics about boxing, like how to jab, how to cross, yeah. how to how to throw combos and stuff like that. Yeah. And then they started bringing in power moves and yeah. button combinations. She's like that. That's and I and I just stopped then because that wasn't boxing to me. That's not. No, my um, I've got a golf game and my dad's. He, you know, he plays golf regularly. And when me and me and him have had a bash on that, um, it, it, he's he's said pretty much exactly what you said there. You know, here be teeing off. 
you know, straight down the middle. And then I'll come in, tap, 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 mega boost, <laughs> you know. And it's like, well, yeah, that's great, but... You can't do that who in real life. Who actually <clears throat> can hit a ball 400 yards except from Happy Gilmore? Yeah, um, <clears throat> with a hockey stick. Yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah and but, so yeah. that's kind of when I stopped playing all those things, when it stepped away from the reality of what's like, well, you can't do this in real life. Yeah, uh, and I know it's cliche, but less is more, isn't it? You know, sometimes just keep it simple. Yeah. Well, um, for for me, I mean, the the joy of that game for me when I was doing Knockout Super King, because as you, as you know, back especially back then, I was boxing nuts, is yeah. <clears throat> you actually got to fight with the legends. You could either yeah. make make your own character up and have a career and enter a tournament or whatever, or build a career, and you'd have to train and. You'd have to pick your fights as if you were Frank Warren or, you know, um, an Eddie oh, Hearn yeah. or someone. And I, I loved that. You know, I, I loved that. Yeah. Any, yeah. yeah. And, and you'd have to tailor your training to your opponent. You know, did you need more stamina? Did you need more power? Um, and at the same time, always increasing these. And also one of the great things about those early games is if you took too many beatings, you, you actually, your, retire, your fighter might get retired. You know, and I and I remember winning a world championship, and literally the next fight he won, but the game retired him because he'd had too many rough fights getting there, <clears throat> and it was just like, oh yeah, that would probably happen in real life, well, it, and it does. Yeah, exactly that. You know, but then suddenly a version of it came out, and you could do these superpower moves and stuff like that, and I was just like, but you can't do that in boxing. You ju you just can't. And that connection, you know, like theoretically back then, I could career mode a guy my own creation and end up in a final with one of the greats or yeah. you know go up against an existing world champion with all of everything they know about him and it would be my wits but my skill set against the skill set that's programmed into that computer um yeah but once power moves come out I remember playing, and it is it's, it's kind of like throwing your, your your dummy out of the pram but I remember getting into this um just messing about uh, around a mutual friend of ours. And I just got annihilated with these power moves because they, they just learned how to do them before you could do anything. And yeah. even if you covered up, it still knocked, it still knocked you over. Yeah. It's just, well, that doesn't, it just doesn't happen in boxing. You've turned it into yeah. a superhero game, you know? Yeah. You, you don't want to collect a hundred coins and get an extra medical bag. But, you know, <clears> yeah. So I just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for me then that was time to step away. Yeah, and like you were saying about, you know, building a career and being able to pick your fights and doing it as realistically as you felt you, you could, that is kind of the same, you know, what I was saying with the man, football manager side of games yeah. and, you know, taking like a Weymouth into, you know, in the big leagues or whatever. Um, I don't know, it's my release, Dave, you know, it's my, it's something, it, well, one of a few. Yeah. No, no, and it is. It's all about that escapism. Because yeah. one of the things I it's learned funny, with that. It's funny you ask that because yeah, FIFA isn't on the list this year. It's not gonna. Yeah, right. It's not gonna go in the bag. Because no. I, I, with the boxing side of it, used to. I discovered that my most successful fighters were always the tall, lean ones that I just jabbed. They never had high knockouts, but they jabbed, and I was very good at creating that style of fighter. But when I used to try and get into the more sort of brawler. Like, <clears throat> oh, yeah. yeah 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 you know the, the type of type of fighters we all like to watch 
I never actually had that skill set to pull it off. No. But, you know, those fighters that could just jab and technically box really well and keep a distance You're and move. Furies, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I was very good on, on boxing super, uh, knockout super kids yeah. with that type of fighter, you know. So, I mean, yeah. Which yeah. is just... Uh, you start pulling in superhero moves, and you're like, "Fuck!" Yeah, and you know, you know what it's like. It's probably the same with you with football manager. Is you don't for one second think you're a Premier League manager, but you get into a mindset where your your brain is completely detached from everything else you're doing in life. Yeah, and you get exactly. to play play an almost alter ego character through the computer. You know, yeah, which yeah. which I I, mean, I actually go on. Yeah, I get my coach, you know, my coach, like I said, I used to be a football coach, and it's not something, you know, I'm, like, really, you know, upset that I haven't pursued, no. but, you know, that's my little fix of doing that, you know? Yeah. No, no, I do, and I think things like that, people underestimate how an escapism like that can be really healthy for you. Definitely, definitely. You know, because, you know, you, you're not especially stressed. in the moment, you know, especially <clears> in the moment, <throat> It's easy to just get walked into scrolling through social media or um, watching something on TV you have no interest in at all. Um, Yeah, 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 absolutely. Or listening to the news and, you know, listening to people who, um, you know, essentially you don't know and you don't trust, but you're now basing emotional decisions on these people, you know, what they're telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's, it's we make your own. Yeah, make your own judgments. We we live in in a crazy time where unfortunately the emotions don't match people's IQ levels. Emotions are high and IQ levels are low. Um, yeah, which is never a good combination. You know. No, and that's a that's a fair observation. You know, <laughs> it's been yeah. my experience. Just a... straight straight to the point. <laughs> so going straight to the point. We'll bring this back to drum and bass because obviously, um, yeah. <laughs> what, when, or like, do you remember the time when you first heard drum and bass? That standout was it a moment? Was it a place? Was there a track that you were just like, oh, what's this? There, there was a place, um, and there was a there was a person who, um, you know, I try and not remind him, but I, I do tell him as often. As as I um can, and um it's it's the guy I used to MC with Hazard D. So he was someone who was part of HCC, um and someone who I went to school with since I was four years old. So someone I've known, you know, most of my life. Um and his older brother Jack, um, uh, he's one of four boys. Jack Jack's the oldest. Um he lived in a room in the roof kind of thing, you know. So as a younger kid, that's always quite fun oh you know let's go up to jack's room you know extra set of stairs all of that um so i you know my first memories are going into jack's room um i'm not sure if jack knew or not so sorry about that jack but um <laughs> going, into, going into jack's room with harry and um you know getting some tapes um, i'm sure it was tapes it wasn't cds it was tapes and um listening to some of these tapes and um yeah, um, has that was probably year seven, let's say year eight. So we're talking 12, 13, which is quite young, really. Yeah, you know, to, no. But, you know, for Harry, it was like, it wasn't naught, but it was, you know, that's what his older brother listened to. And that yeah. was, 
that was cool. So, you know, essentially, yeah, like, oh, yeah. Um, and then um, I went to I went to Fordham Bridge um, with Harry because he went to Burgate, which is the school in Fordham Bridge. So it's a little bit out of Salisbury um, and went to, like, a community centre. Um, back then, you could kind of get away with doing a few things like that. And there were some older guys, his brother and his brother's friends, who were putting on, like, a... A, ray, a party essentially yeah um all ages um we didn't pay i don't think um i don't think you paid to get in kind of thing it might have even been like let's say someone's 16th birthday party for example and i just remember going in this hall um i didn't really know a lot of people out that way anyway so i was a bit you know cautious and i just remember going into this hall and just thinking the mcs were just like wicked i just thought yeah. like they're really cool <clears throat> And, you know, there wasn't many people there. It wasn't like, uh, oh, my God, I want to be a superstar. I just, I seen these people doing, you know, what they were doing on stage. And, you know, from what I could tell, we're having a really good time. Chemistry was great, you know, bouncing off each other, energy. And, yeah, it like, I honestly remember in that moment, I was like, I want to do this. Like, I want to do this at some stage, you know. Don't know if I'll be any good, but I just want to, like, I want to give this a go. Um I never thought, like, from that moment, like, oh, my God, you know, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. I just, in, you know, I just thought, wow, this is really cool. And uh, the guy who ran that night, um, I can't say the story about giving him a shout, is um, a guy called Toby Nickel, who, um, who I went on, you know, later on in when I started doing more, working with him quite regularly. Um, to the point where he was, he you know he was supporting what I did, and it was just a whole flip from it. You know, it all came from me going to watch him perform someone I didn't know at something I didn't know what to expect. You know, it was just a party back then. A party was a party, um, and yeah, five years after that, when I was like nineteen. He was he was like a big part of the start of my journey, and he's always he's always um, been very humble when I say you know that if it wasn't for him and same with Hazard, if it wasn't for them guys, then yeah, like I wouldn't have been introduced to it from such an early stage. Um, and as you you know you know me well enough to know I'm not a sheep. I don't follow trends. No. I don't. Follow- <clears throat> that are popular so except for Chelsea back then, <laughs> back then this wasn't popular yeah no no it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't played on Radio 1 yeah yeah I remember going to nightclubs and not being allowed in because I'm wearing Air Maxes yeah and the clubs now all their staff are wearing Air Maxes you know money talks uh, mate. I remember going into a club in Salisbury no names mentioned you know anyone who knows Salisbury's nightlife will know what place I'm talking about and they did not want that sort of industry that sort of crowd that sort of those sort of people in their environment no and then years later oh yeah that's really popular like yeah let's do that like okay cool but you know I, I don't forget those things and that will probably lead me on to mention you know I'm sure you're going to ask maybe a few questions but at this stage I just want to say massive love and respect to Paul Enzo and yeah. what he did 
for me and plenty of other people locally in giving us a platform to perform and to showcase what we do. Yeah, and no, that, I mean, that, that, yeah. No, you, you're probably right. There, there is, uh, possibly for want of a better term, a politics to, I think every town, if you've got the nightclub, you, you get to dictate. Um, but like you say, uh, Paul Enzo for you, especially was like, yeah. okay, let's negotiate a deal. As I end, I'm trying to remember exactly, but you were basically like, you approached him and he was like, no, okay. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you what it is. I'll happily tell you what it is. This is a great story. So, um, one of our friends, it, um, her dad was friends with Paul and she wanted to do a birthday party, her 18, in a club. Um, Paul had just opened up the music box and none of us had heard of it. None of us knew what it was. Um, previously, I think it was Goldfingers. You might be able to help me with that. And I think it was an over 21s bar. Yeah, um, the, the, it, it's had a few names. Yeah, yeah. All I remember is like we, we'd we never been in there before. And, um, so we went in there. We had a big friendship group um, at that age. And let's say we turned up with 80 people just to come and, you know, yeah. come to our friend's party. And a few of us DJed and MC'd. And Paul obviously thought, wow, this is wicked. Um, but I, I remember he never, like, put any pressure on us, you know. He just said, if you ever want to put on anything, you know, give us a shout. And um, at this stage, we hadn't even thought about it, I don't think, if I'm being honest with you. Um, and then we started clocking on that we were, like, playing room twos of other nights in Salisbury and taking one-third of, the, you know, in the crowd. So there's 300 people in the rave, but 100 of them have come with us and come to support us and watch us. Um, so, yeah, we then thought, you know, hang on a minute. You know, we're missing something there. We could just do this ourselves. So that's, yeah, that's... That's, that's what you did. <clears throat> yeah, so it wasn't even a fact of... It was just one of those things that happened, and you know as well as me, mate, that they are, you know, they are those natural things are what life is all about. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Right time, right, you know, right place, and yeah, and then the rest is history. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it definitely is, definitely is. So, because I mean, leading on, you know, you are, you know, you are now actually a paid-up MC. You've emceed definitely all around the south. You know you've yeah. done festivals. Um, yeah. You emcee for Switch. You do on a mission. Um, yeah. I should know the difference between the two, but I don't. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, but shout out to them. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, massive shout out. Yeah. Um, so what? What is it? So there's one of the things I wanted to get into is there's a mentality that's required. So going back to what you were saying in Ford and Butch, you're there, yeah. you're seeing these, was Toby you, you referred to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Right. So, you, to, to, so shout out to Toby Nickel again. Um, yeah. You see this, these guys putting on an event and that, that hit something. That, there was something about that you were just like, yeah. I, I, I love this music and yeah. I want to be that guy with the mic. Right? Yeah. And 
you know, obviously I, I know you very well. You know, you and I are, yeah. you know, for the record of a very good friends, exceptionally good friends. Yeah. So I yes. know that you can be very passionate and I know you can be very opinionated, you know, and yeah. anyone that knows you well knows there's an intensity to you. So Definitely. do you think that for like want of a better term, you could have easily gone in another direction and become a poet? Uh, yeah, I did. I honestly do. And I honestly believe that, you know, there's not one set thing in life. You know, we, I'm sure any, any young boy who likes football grows up with that. I'd love to be a footballer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, that's something that I was, you know, I would say I was quite good at when I was younger. Um, so yeah, so there was different avenues I could have gone down quite right. Yeah, I would say, yeah. Um, and I'll just add this bit in, which helped a lot. Um, after the whole going to Fordham regiment, <coughs> that was about 13, 14, I changed secondary schools. And I think this, for me, was a pivotal moment. Because I went from an all-boys school um, in Salisbury, which was very, you know, egotistical, you know, dog-eat-dog world kind of thing. Um, and for three years, I did, I did okay, um, but I was, there was a side of me that hadn't been opened up. Yeah. There was a side of me that didn't come out at school. Um, at, you know, at Wyvern, it was very football, you know, I ran cross country for county. So I based all of my, I kind of went down that route and kept this other side of, you know, that I wasn't sure about, like kind of locked away. And it wasn't until I went to Downton which, as you know, um, but I'll explain to people who don't know, is, is a village. Um, so it was a school made up, it was a mixed school, so um, girls and boys, and it was made up of children from different villages, essentially. And then, you know, you had a few from Salisbury. Um, and my brother started there, so when he started uh, secondary school, I changed secondary school. Wyvern wasn't great. Um, so I went there, and it opened my um, eyes up and my mind and my personality to, you know, this other side of me that let me just express, yeah, this other side of me. And they did a thing called Arts Week, which they had different MCs, um, no, they had an MC, different DJs, beatboxers, break dancers, graffiti artists, T-shirt makers, every you know all these different art arty things, um, and you went in all these different classes and workshops, and then later in the week you got to decide what you wanted to like kind of yeah. you know <clears throat> you know you there was four houses within the whole school, and each house had to put on a performance, um, and the guy who was doing the MC. MCing workshop was called Adapt, and at the time he was just, you know, he was just doing things like that. You know, I'm not saying he wasn't doing anything, but now he's he's actually Wilkinson, who is one of the biggest DJs in drum and bass. He's had number ones in the official charts, um, or well, at least one. Um, he is his frontman MC. Um, Unfortunately, I haven't actually got the chance to bump into him yet and thank yeah. him and say that, you know, if it wasn't for him, that, again, that next step of he taught me how to structure, he taught me how to syllable structure, <clears throat> he taught me how to multi-syllable rhyme, 
I'm not saying he taught me what I, you know, I obviously taught myself as well, but he gave me some pointers. And then at the end of that week, which is the end of the year, I performed in front of four or 500 people. So the first time I performed properly is to four or 500 people of all different ages, teachers, parents, 10, 11-year-old children, 16-year-old children, people who liked it, people who didn't like it, people who didn't know what it was, and I loved it. And from what I gathered, most of most of the other people, you know, liked it, and that maybe gave me the confidence to then go, right, I can, you know, I can perform on stage now. It's, because, is it... you know, there's a difference of writing, there's a difference of being able do it you know in the studio or on the radio and do it on the stage you know my way I try and compare it is we all know there's people who were really good training football training they were like the best on the park and you get out on the pitch and they just shrivel up you know yeah they don't, they don't know what to do they you know their confidence is gone you know and I would like to think that I I, I, I perform on the pitch yeah you know, just as much on the training pitch, probably more. If I'm being honest, like I thrive off pressure, you know. Yeah. I love that, you know. I well, love feeling like I've really got to put the work in to reach these levels. Well, that's I mean partly what I was referring to earlier when I said like people who know you as well as I know you know there's a, an intensity to you. Yeah. You know, you know, like like um. It's all or, no it's all or nothing for me. Um, it's you know I know what I'm good at and that's what I work with. I don't try and pretend to be someone else. I don't try and talk about things that aren't relatable to me because you're only going to get so far then, you know, because you're not the only you can do, you know, I've got a lyric where I say, I just do me myself because nobody else can be you. And, yeah. that, you know, for me, like, nobody else can do you better than you. So can I just, I'm sorry to kind of interrupt you there. Um, no worries at all. there's something you said earlier and I, and I want to just possibly explore it especially as there could be somebody else listening to this who's much younger than you and certainly would be much younger than me um, and it could be helpful because you said <laughs> it's a true story it's a true story um, it's um, but one of us is going to mature better um, yeah. and that's not like you a fine wine yeah, yeah, you're going to be like the sour vinegar. Um, <laughs> anyway, so what it is is you were talking about when you were the first few years you were at secondary school, um, but it was an all boys school, and yeah. so there was a part of you that you were never able to get into and express. And I'm wondering, and it could be completely off the ball, so I could be miles out of the court here, is because you were good at the football and the cross country, so those kind of all boys masculine pursuits that for want of a better yeah. term probably help to, if you can do well in these or with the right crowd to not get picked on, to yeah. not get called out. Right. Yeah. And then, and then you, you move to uh, a school that's a healthier environment. You yeah. get to side of, Oh, here's girls. What a lovely environment this is possibly. And you look, if, if that's, Whatever you, you know, however people want to break this down. When you when you move to things like that, and you you want to get the attention of girls, especially girls you like, 
Um, you've got to kind of, for want of a better term, find a way to peacock and display and, you know. And, and was there, do you think there was an element of not only because of the, the fact you'd gone to a mixed school, it wasn't so important for you to be dominantly masculine strong, right? At the same time, with luck would have it, you discovered something you liked and met, um, is it Wilkinson? No. Who was? Uh, sorry, adapt. That was Will, who's gone on to now be uh, Wilkinson's MC. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, you happened to meet him at a school yeah. project. At the same time, you discovered a love for drum and bass, and you wanted to learn how to do it. And all of these things is just like just tie up for for, uh, for perfect timing. But you know that may not yeah. necessarily have happened an all-boys environment, because you might not have been prepared to step out that way. No, yeah, de definitely. And um, especially with Salisbury being such a small city, um, it's got a very, you know, I made a song called Small City Mindset, because, yeah. there, you know, there was a lot of people who, okay, he's picked on me, or, you know, I've got a problem with him, and, you know, he wants a bit of a, you know, Queensbury rules and all that. And, um, it, you know, I don't have to worry about him. What about his older brother? What about his older cousin? You know, and I never... Yeah. I never had that. I never had that person. You know, I was... I was me, and I was like, I, you know, as you know, I've got a younger brother, and not that it gets like that, but I was always the, the one, you know, I was the first one in yeah. my, I was Brooksy, you know, you know, where you get a lot of names around here, people like to, you know, I'm this, I'm that, and yeah, it didn't, it, it basically made me, like you were saying, I knew I was good at football and whatever and I knew that that would earn my stripes and that was enough to be like okay yeah you know that that's that's enough to get me through um school and I'll be honest with you like at the time obviously you're young you don't you don't see it it's not until I've got a lot older that I even speak to you know friends who I went to Wyvern with the old boys school and they're saying like yeah like, it was it was fucked up man it was yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's an all boy, it's an all male environment. Yeah, I remember like I remember like getting in my first, you know, proper fight or whatever, and um, no, and the boy, the boy, um, come worse off, and I had to be called into the headmistress's office, and you know, I was I was crapping myself, mm. and um, I remember going in there clear as day, thinking, you know, well, didn't know what to think, and she said, um. So what are you in here for? And I said, oh, well, I'm not sure. I think it's because I had a bit of a fight or something. You know, trying to shoot yeah. coat or whatever. Oh, right, okay, well, just don't do that again, then. Don't, you know. Yeah. So, you know, my first, you know, the first time I've done something, you know, out of character and stupid, um, I was told that, yeah, whatever kind of thing so you know for the next couple of years i got into quite a lot of uh situations where um i you know i just 
tried to prove myself or whatever. And yeah. I actually got into who I actually was, you know. And as you know, like I'm an emotional person. Like, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So, you know, being at an all-boys school, you can't be like that. You can't, you know, there's no way of you being able to be like that. And people understand. Hmm. So, for me, that was hard because yeah. I couldn't express my emotions. Because it's it's interesting, like I said, um, one of the things that I, I do, I think it's very positive about the current climate with social media and the way you can connect, connect with people is that you can ignore what's going on at school and you can connect with people all around the world who have the same passion, same interest yeah, in you. Yeah, you have similar mindsets, yeah, yeah. definitely. Because right. what, what do you think that it was about you that enabled you to stop worrying about how people were going to call you out or what they may have thought, you know, because there seems to be a significant difference between leaving Wyvern and starting at Downland. So what what was it that made you, that you found in yourself that enabled you to take that chance? Because you could have gone horribly wrong, you know. But... Oh, completely. And there was, you know, as, as, as I'm sure you're aware, there was plenty of times, plenty of hiccups along the way where I could have just, let the wheels fall off the wagon, as they say. Um, I, you know, I've, I'm, you know, I'm, I'll be honest. I feel like I'm. I've always been a bit of an entertainer. You know, whether right. that's just telling jokes or, you know, making people laugh or whatever. And the more I did that at Dalton, the more people liked, and that was like natural. I knew it wasn't like, oh, we're just going to laugh because. We're gonna, you know. I knew that people thought I was funny. I knew people thought, you know, people listened when I spoke. Um, so maybe it was like, you know, a point where I just thought, I'm gonna be me. I don't, yeah. I can't actually tell you when that point was. Um, but I was, I was supported by Downton, you know, the headmistress. Um, she supported me a lot. Um, after I'd done the Arts Week thing, I then got a job working in the JC Chapels, which was the under-18 nights. And at the time, I was 15, Dave. But I, I knew people my age who were still paying to go to these shows. Yeah. To be, essentially, for anyone who doesn't know, it was uh, and going to a nightclub as an under-18s. Um, and just, you know, basically feeling like, you know, you're in that environment. The maddest thing was, when I first used to go to those nights, every, you could still smoke indoors. Yeah. There was just like 12, 13-year-old kids, like me being one of them, just smoking indoors, just because we could. Yeah. It's like, wow. But yeah, like... You oh, know, I'm an adult. Yeah, at 15, 16, I was doing shows like, you know, Coolio, the American rapper, you know. Yeah. Like, I'd done a show, and then he came up. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that is crazy. I think I got paid like 40 quid and like unlimited Red Bull. I was like the bull. (laughs) (laughs) Unlimited Red Bull. I've made it. I I had wings. You know what I mean? I was flying, literally. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. There was a situation, my fault, uh, that uh, made it awkward between me and someone who worked there. And they had to, you know, the easy thing for them was I was just like an extra anyway, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they they got rid of me, essentially. So that, at 15, 16, I walked into the club 
thinking I was the boy, rah, rah, rah. Yeah, you've got to go. Um, you can't work here no more. Go. Yeah. yeah. Um, as, you, as I'm sure um, you can imagine, I was upset, um, to say the least, <laughs> um, and, you know, why didn't you tell me before I come down here, blah, blah, blah. But that stemmed me well. Yeah, in the bigger picture of the next however many years of like, look, it's not easy, yeah, and this is a professional environment, and if you don't act professional, then you're not going to get anywhere with it. Um, hence why I feel so passionately about, you know, people who come through and act professionally, you know, even if they're not the best, if they're, you know, there's more to being an MC than just being good at MCing, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, there's a bigger picture. People, yeah, people forget who they are. People forget how they got there. And people forget what they have to do to maintain that position. Um, so, you know, I built my confidence up in myself because I can honestly tell you that when we were 16, 17, 18, so moving on from, you know, the art, Arts Week and the junior chapel nights. Um, I remember going to these house parties with my mates, and obviously Hazard D was an MC who I mentioned earlier. Um, he was by far the best, you know, there's no doubt in that, yeah. And that made me want to be better. That made me want to, I want to be as good as Hazard, you know, I want to be, uh, like, I want to match Hazard so when we do things together, you know, it's great. Um, and there was a couple of other guys like Stuzy, Larry, um, who you know, Theo. Um, you know, there was these other guys who were all MCing too. But I was always like, I was never bigged up as like the one. Do you get what I'm, you know? Yeah. So because of that, I was always so driven to be the one, you know? And it wasn't about being better than anyone else. It was about being better than what I was. It was about every time I done, not every year, every time I stepped up on the stage, I was better than the last time. And it's something I still try to do now. Yeah. You know, every time I perform, I would like to feel that I get better. You know, there's obviously an, an odd hiccup where something might not be going your way. You know, the sound might not be suiting your style. You know, cr you, know you might, the crowd might be a bit flat um but I, I like that if i'm honest i like a flat crowd i'm like right you know it is a challenge let's go um so i feel that you know a lot of it if i'm being honest was in my own self was in my own mind was in my own i've got to be better everyone thinks i'm the worst and i'm not doing it for them i was doing it for me do you know what i mean i'm i'm doing it to make myself feel better so being better at something I enjoy doing. Have you ever tried to explore where the, you know, because like effectively, and, and this is a really good lesson for anyone that's listening, and I don't care how old you are, um, but it, it's definitely useful for um, younger people um, and for the, the older people. It's, it's probably, if you don't understand this by now, it's probably why you're in the mess you're in. Um, <laughs> but your biggest moments have come after you've been kicked back. Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah, essentially something I'm actually 
not finding out now, but he, when I'm t- telling you what I'm telling yeah. you, it's like, it's like I'm kind of going back over everything and thinking, oh, yeah, that kicked me onto that. And there was another one at school I'll just mention. Um, after I'd done the Arts Week thing, i never done music at school. Never. Yeah. I never took it at GCSE. It, you know, I just... It, again, drum and bass was so underground. Like, doing music was like playing the violin or playing the flute or, you know, that was music to, to me and to most people. And I remember the music teacher saying, we do like a, a music, you know, talent competition. You should enter. And um, I thought, yeah, 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 I, you know, I'll enter. Um, and I kind of just done something very similar to what I did on the Arts Week. And fair enough, fair play. Um, shout out to Mr. Coles on this one. He basically, you know, was like, you know, you, you haven't even put any effort into this. You just turn up, I'm the boy, give me the prize. And the next day, I remember going into school, and there was a list of like the finalists, and I wasn't on it. And I was proper touched. I was proper touched. I was like, he's asked me to enter this competition, and he's not even put me into the final. But again, that's something that made me think I need to be better. I need to be more professional. I need to be more prepared. Um, so yeah, that's another another kickback that helped me kick on. Because there is kind of an emerging pattern that on one hand, you get a bit too big for your boots. But then when you get, and I, for one, will say that, look, if you want certain things in life, you have to believe in yourself. There's no escaping that, right? But then it's overcoming that when you literally get crushed, you just like, you don't seem to be long-term at least. You're not blaming them. You're like, okay, what didn't I deliver on? Definitely, uh, you know, a lot of reality checks, a lot of self-reflecting, looking, you know, looking in the mirror, looking at what I could have done better. Um, and I just want to take this opportunity to say um, that, you know, a lot of people think because of the position I've got to, I'm like arrogant or, you know, I think I'm this or I think I'm that, you know. When I come off stage, I am my the biggest critic is myself. Hmm. So when I do something I'm not proud of, I'm the one who's feeling that pain more than anyone, you know? And I feel that sometimes with success, people, you know, get a little bit confused. Um, and yeah, they, you know, they feel that, well, he, you know, he thinks he's this, he thinks he's that. Look, I'm confident in my own ability. Like you said, you know, recently, it's something you've got to you've got to believe in yourself. But yeah, one hundred percent. Same time, yeah. Like I don't kid myself. Like, I don't. Even when people, you know, say to me like, "Ah, oh, like you're doing this, you're doing that, rah rah rah," and it's like, yeah, I am. Long way to go, though. You know. Yeah, I think people sometimes get confused because if you turn up at a gig and see somebody on stage it's very easy to assume how they got there. And it's only, it's only people that have done it that understand that nobody just turns up and is suddenly stood in front of 5,000 people. Do you know? no. it, it, doesn't, it just doesn't work like that on any level. You know, I'm there to perform. 
that is why I go to raves. You know, that's why I go to the events. Yeah. So if someone is absolutely battered out, you know, I'm not saying I wouldn't be like all right with them, but like I'm not like it's a different mindset. This. Yeah, I'm not choosing my time like to go there and like way like that. And I think sometimes people just see me as this guy backstage or you know, oh, he's just come to perform like yeah, because I've got to wake up in two hours to my daughter. Yeah. You know, people don't look in the bigger picture. Like I've been to performances before. I've done it myself when you're younger and your favourite DJ doesn't turn up, he's on the lineup, and you're like, What a prick. Yeah. What a prick. And then you find out his missus had a miscarriage. Yeah, yeah, of course. A car crashed. Or you find out, you know, something happened, you know, life. Something in his life happened. But it's also as well as I don't think people always understand this either, is that you know when um when you when some when when you're and you've disappeared now what are you doing uh, yeah what have i done i don't know there we go, there we go. you can't stop fidgeting can you, Do you know what I mean? no. it's like talking to a five-year-old uh, <laughs> what i was good yeah yeah and she's the grown-up um but <laughs> what i was gonna say is it it, it is difficult because people when you're out clubbing and people uh, go to a drum and bass festival and everything, you know, and I know this because I've seen it because I've been with you, and yeah. and, so, and some people are barely coherent. At three o'clock in the afternoon, they're barely coherent. They've been off their head for God knows how many for how long. Yeah, which is fair enough because, and it's not a criticism because they're there to escape and to have fun and have yeah, a great time. But it comes back right. to what you were saying. The artists, on the other hand are expected to turn up sober, stay sober, and leave sober. They're expected to behave. So it's two very different mindsets, and people, I think, misunderstand that, no, no, we're enjoying ourselves because we like performing. But if we don't turn up 100% on point, nobody's going to pay for us to perform. We can't be the crowd. We have to be the attraction. And it's two very, very different things, and I don't think people always understand that. No, no, I don't think they do, and um, yeah, it's it, it's almost like you're looked at as like you're being boring, you know. You're oh, yeah, get a bit further, you know. Yeah, lighten up, chill out. We're all just trying to have fun. You're just like, yeah, it's, it's it's my job, you know. It, you know, obviously, it's not my. You know, I do have a, a, another job, but this is my this is my yeah, job yeah. Too. But it's still working, you know. Job. People my are paying job. you a wage and they expect you to turn up in a certain way. Yeah, my job is to make sure all those people have a good time. Yeah. It's essentially my job and I feel like, I'm going to be honest, Like I'm not, you know, as you know, I'm not bothered who this offends. I feel the drum and bass emceeing has gone a bit away from that and the MCs have made it more about me, 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 you know, which is why Grime started in the first place, why Wiley took, you know, made created a sound for MCs to express their sounds more. Um, and you know, essentially an MC, master of the ceremony, is there to make sure everyone has a good time. Um, and I feel that the art of drum and bass MCing has kind of gone away from that. It's kind of let's I wanna look cool. But could it know? be could it could it just be it's just the evolution of the sound. It is, it is evolving, you know, and I'm an MC myself, so I'm not trying to sit here and say I don't like the fact that MCs are being pushed more, but 
I'm also, you know, going back to why I first got into it, why I first enjoyed it. It was all, it was like a team game. It was like uh, the chemistry from the DJs, the MCs, and the MCs are like what connects the, the music and the ravers together. Yeah. Like you're, you're on the glue, you know. You can have a rave without MCs, but you can't have a rave without DJs, you know. Yeah, for That's sure. That's just being honest, isn't it? You know, That's, but you people can say just just playing devil's advocate. You you could easily say the same about you know most bands, most big bands are fronted by a front a front man or woman a front person who doesn't have an instrument in their hand. But you remove that front person, and nobody's going to turn up and listen to the band. Yeah. Yeah, completely. No, no one's there to see the drummer. No one's there to see the guitarist. No, you get all those eighties bands, and you know you Phil Collins, yeah, um, George Michael. You know they're all part of a band, and then they kind of realise that they're the star of the show, and yeah. they could kind of go and have a band. Yeah, Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams is another great example. Yeah, Ronan and Keaton. Yeah, and the list and the list literally goes on, um, and you know you know as well as me, and I hope this doesn't offend anyone, but you know that kind of on a smaller scale happened with me. With yeah, like, I outgrew the people who I was doing it with, and that's no disrespect to any of them. Like you know, I'm still very good friends with most of them now. Um, it's just yeah, being honest, but that doesn't mean. You know, can I just go on? I was just the reason I cut you off because I sometimes because I don't think necessarily that when you said you outgrew them, I'm not sure that that's correct, and and this is my reason why, right? You grew in different directions, but and yes, you've outgrown where you were because that's part of actual evolution, but Mm. would it be fairer to say at that time? It was more to do with you were more determined to do a, a particular thing in a particular way, and actually none of them come with you because they were doing it their way. And it was actually just more you both, all of you branched off in different elements of the tree, if you like. Yeah, sort of. Like Rather than the... I actually outgrew anybody. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, I'm not saying. No, no, it's, it didn't come across as arrogant. It's just there's no, a distinct yeah, no, difference no, between. I, you know as well as you know how much I believe, believed and still believe in like all of the guys I used to do stuff with, but it was just, uh, it was. But it's, we were talking about this the other day, so there is a backstory for this. It was like we were at just, it was just like we were at different stages. But, but my, and we were talking about this the other day for people who are listening, right? Let, let me finish, right? You and I were talking about this the other day. So people who are listening, there's a backstory to this argument, right? Yeah. And it's my podcast where I get to speak over Brooksy. And uh, <laughs> my my is, yes, you were at different stages, but were the different stages what you and I were talking about the other day that actually you were committing more and more of your personal time to your to your goal and to your drive to be a better MC whereas the others were not. And actually, if any one of them had been as dedicated as you, you were to what you were doing and as determined, 
because I, you know, I was around at the time. You, you took a lot of shit. Yeah, you come to, you come to a few of the uh, yeah, shit. yeah, right. So I seen some of it, right? But like you and I were saying, it doesn't exist now for a reason. And whatever people want to say, any one of them could have picked up the the mantle and carried it on without you, because you went off yeah. to do your own thing, you know. Yeah. So, so is it? It's not that you were at different stages. You were just at a junction in your life where that had become more important to you that you were going to try and that you were taking it in a more serious direction. Whereas to everyone else, it was still actually, we're just happy to do this, which then died yeah, off. I, I, yeah, I think that's And that's where the, the different stages then comes and the different levels. Yeah. Yeah, it was affecting my personal life. Definitely. Yeah. It was affecting my, you know, relationships with, you know, my well, family, you, you lived my in partner, my, my you, partner at the time. It was my second home, and um, you know, I like I've said previously in this podcast, I'm an all or nothing person. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put my all in, and I'm not saying there wasn't people within it who did. You know, I just want to say a big shout out to Callis at this stage because you know he is the one person from the whole group that I didn't maybe know too, too personally. Um, and he, he did put, he did put a lot of work in a lot of effort. I would say, you know, being honest, I think me and him were kind of the guys who made the main calls or whatever. And, um, I know that he took it a little personally when I decided to do what I did, where people like, uh, DJ filth, who's now genre, who's now part of prison, which is, as you know him as Johnny, um, and Hazardy, um, people I've known since I, people I've gone to school with since I was four years old, you know, mm. so at this stage, I've known them for 16 years of my life. But, I mean, um, let's just, for the record, just and, point and out to people that... Wasn't like, so no, no, but they, let's... Sorry, just pause a second, just pause a second. Just, just for the record, so that people, we explain to people who are listening to this, is there was uh, a, a group of you to start with, wasn't there? And that yeah, when, so, when yeah. these peak things were put on at the music box, shout out to Paul Enzo yeah, again, yeah. Um, there yeah, came so. a point where you were like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do this on my own. And yeah. when and you did that... Pretty much, you know, without sounding... Yeah, I'd pretty much done exactly what we were doing, but on, I did it myself. Yeah. and um, But the, the thing where it's always been... Um, some, for some, has always been controversial is the fact that you, like you said, you'd gone to school with some of these guys and known them since you were four years old. Um, and you then so just like, I can't keep doing they, this. They didn't take it personally because they know who I am and they know what I'm about. They know my attitude towards... Yeah, your background. Yeah, and my passion and... It was kind of like, it was, like, I, I personally, if I'm being honest, like, I think when I first, like, said to the guys, like, you know, I'm going to go off and do my own thing, I kind of wanted them to prove to me that I shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah? But that never happened. That no, never no, no. Once happened. That yeah. never happened. And within months, it was nothing. And obviously, the outside the box opinion or you know looking in is that's his fault yeah yeah for sure he's just ruined what all of them lot had 
Um, and the only thing I could do was go and do what I did better than what we did at. And yeah. look, I'm being honest, numbers talk, you know, that is what I did. And, you know, HCC was the foundation for the Knights, um, for what we were about. But the minute I decided to do what I did, I would say at least half the people who came to our nights are not going to go and support his nights, which is fair enough, by the way. You know, like yeah. we were made up of a group of eight, of pe eight people. Callum lived in Fordham Bridge. Joe, RIP icon, lived in Durrington, Amesbury. There was a big group of us in Salisbury, but we went to different schools. Uh, Louder lived in Amesbury. He was a bit older as well. So there was all these different groups of people coming to our nights. So when I did my own thing, obviously some of those people went for Hazza or went for Louder or went for Johnny or went for Callum. So what people didn't see was that I had to go out and sell my brand, sell my nights. So yeah, it was the same venue. It was the same concept, but it was it, it was start, I had to start again essentially, you know, and that was that was a lot harder, um, but a lot more enjoyable because I was in control of every decision, and you know, even to the point where I remember like Theo saying like, ah, oh, can I like help with anything? And I had him doing something. Like, it might have been like writing the artist names down. And no, 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 you're not doing it how I like it. You know, you're not yeah. writing the name clear enough. That's just how I am. And I'm just a perfectionist. Um, I have standards. And that is how I was. And, you know, like you had mentioned, well, like you had asked, is it the case that some people weren't on that mindset? Yeah, it was. It was as simple as that, you know. Other people were talking to people about it being their night or our night, where I was running our night. I was paying the artists, sorting the artists out, making sure they were comfortable, making sure they knew when they were going on, making mm. sure their, a problem was solved because, okay, we need pull because the sound's gone in room two. Someone spilled beer on the deck in room two. What are we going to do? okay, let's get this guy, he's going to let us hire, hire his equipment, and that's, you know, we've got over that problem, okay. And, you know... Do you I need always, to take a breath now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, always, I've always been that guy. Like, even with, like, house parties, I would be, like, trying to organise, you know, it's not even my house, and I'm like, who's coming then? Yeah. Because we don't want it to be, like, too much, and... You know, who's coming? What time are they coming? Who are they coming with? You know, it's weird, but I kind of like always like to be that side of the party. Yeah, no, the, it, it is. It comes down to this that drive to get things yeah. done. And yeah. like I said, it's, it, look, it's, it's easy doors for me because I've got no skin in the game. And, um, and as we joked earlier, there's, you know, I, I know you for different reasons. Um, so I've never, you know, I've, I've never had to get involved in any of it. Um, I know some of those guys, obviously, but again, you know, it's it's, it's nothing to me. Um, but I was, I think because I was on the outside from the very beginning, I was always just like, no, it's just, it's just different mindsets, different ambitions, different drives, want to take it different places. 
um, which is harder for others to deal with. But I'm actually, there's something I want to talk to you about completely different now. We're still drum and bass. Okay. The, it's the, the poetry side of the lyrics. It's, you know, because I, I mentioned this earlier, for people that know you, you are a very imp- a passionate person. Um, yeah. And we, you and I talk about the way we observe the world. And, yeah. Yeah, and just, so w- where is it that that comes from? Or what is it you're trying to express? It, it's just my thoughts. And again, you know, go, literally what you just said, it's that observing and, you know, going into these going into these performances and observing what I, I can see. Um, so that, that is why all my lyrics are about me or about my experiences. They're not about things I've made up. They're not about things I want to happen, you know, in my imaginary FIFA world, you know. They're not... These are things that mean a lot to me. Um, and as I've gone on with music, I've evolved as a person myself, you know, I've become a dad. I've evolved in that side of things and I've really had to step up on that side of things. So why am I going to go into a performance and talk about things that happened five years ago? Because that's yeah. not me, you know, like I'm not going to go on about drinking beers and getting on whatever, you know, because that's not me. And I, I, I feel it's. I, I think that. I feel like it's kind of a bit pointless of going on stage and saying a load of things that don't mean anything to you. I, I do think there could be a good line in in something about being fifteen, getting forty quid in Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean that could be that, that could turn into you know, something. Yeah, and like, you know how I self-reflect in my music. You know? Yeah, very much I, so. I made up made a song called At the Start, and half of it is like going on about myself. And people still have the cheek to say that I think I'm this and I think I'm that. Well, no, like I know the level I'm at, but I and I know how hard it's been to get to this stage. But I also am, you know, I am aware of my faults and I'm aware of what I need to improve on. And I think that is very important to how I've got to where I've got to. And by the way, like for anyone watching it who is into drum and bass and, you know, is thinking, what's he going on about? He thinks he's this and that. I don't think I'm nothing, you know. I just, there was goals when I started this and I've hit every single one of them. And to me at that time when I started, those goals were like making it, you know, whatever that means. Because I don't think there is a thing called make, I don't think you make it, um, you know, I think there's levels to everything, you know. Look at Cristiano. Cristiano Ronaldo is a great example. He went to Man United as a youngster, and he had made it then. That is, he had made it. But he wasn't happy. He wasn't He wasn't going to settle for that. He wasn't satisfied with that. He no, didn't want to be... Winning right wasn't winger. enough for him. He didn't want to be the right winger in that team. Like, he wanted to be in the star. And even at 35 or whatever he is now, he's still doing it at the highest level. Because all he's trying to do is improve himself. That's I, all he's trying to do. Yeah, I think it's... For, for, look, I, I'll add something to this. Um, and, and it's one of the things I, I, that I hope um, comes across in all, in all of my podcasts, 
is I'm always trying to get people to open up about how they get where they are and what they do. And this is really important, especially for any young people watching this or listening yeah. to this, because um, it's available on Podbean, Spotify, and YouTube. Is um, is there is a di- you can't take your friends with you if they don't have the same mindset. And if you want to succeed and you want to push, you have to do the hard work for yourself. There's no other way out of it. And and I am biased because you and I are very close and, and you know I love you to bits, you know. Yeah. And and but also I've also been there for the hours of conversations where you were going through really painful self reflection and doubt in yeah. yourself. And yeah. if if you want to have any integrity as any sort of artist, you have to understand something. You have to reflect and reflect and reflect because it's the only way you find out where you could be better where you didn't do well enough. And it's a fa- painful process because for every high of doing well, there are hours of, I didn't do that well enough. Yeah. What, and you have to be so honest. And and I think that, and with that, what happens is when you're in environments where other people are not doing the same, you find you can't communicate and it's very difficult. No. And I just want to take this moment to say two things my dad told me when I was younger that have really stemmed well with me in my life. There's two things, all right? Whenever I used to get angry or upset that someone thought, you know, ah, I'm putting in more effort than this guy, or I'm better than this guy, I know I'm better than this guy, but everyone thinks he's better. He's cheating, you know, he's cheating, or some way or whatever. Something my dad always said to me was, they always get found out. Yeah. And it goes back to being honest with your lyrics and being honest about how, you know, I know people in Salisbury talking about, you know, shifting this and shifting that. Like, what? Like, talking about guns, talking about they want to drive this, or talking about they, you know, they want to live this lifestyle. Like, no, you don't. Like, you, okay, you might do in your, like, imaginary world, but what are you, what are you, what are you going on about? Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing that, you know, always stand well, and it goes back to what you were just saying about your friends will always be, you know, your friend, about you can't take your friends with you. Um, one of my dad's friends um, played football for a good team outside of Salisbury when they were younger. And he always said to me, you know, his mindset was his friends, if they're his friends, will be there. Yeah. He'd always be there. At the end of the game, when he came back to Salisbury and he was having a drink or whatever, his real friends were there. And that is something that always do you know do you know what? Like that that stuck with me and it still sticks with me now, you know. Um obviously I'm part of an amazing team of like minded artists at the moment, um, with on a mission and with Justin, who runs on a mission, who, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, we won Best Breakthrough Promoter at the National Drum and Bass Awards uh, four years ago. Um, and this year, or last year, we won, we came third in Best Promoter, not Breakthrough, Best Promoter, and we came third in Best Club Night in the country. So Switch, you know, that's where Switch comes in, isn't it? So Switch is the club which I work in a lot of the time for on a mission. Um, just explain that bit because I knew you didn't know earlier. So I was just keep, keeping you uh, 
keep me informed and up to date. Despite the fact that I went to the Honor Mission Festival last year and went to Switch Nightclub and have uh, and have met you Justin. Well, as well, mate. You done well. You had no um pro plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so I, I've met. I was. It was well past my bedtime. Let's just put it that way. And it was very interesting because, um, as we were walking around, people are like, "You were introducing me to everybody as Uncle Dave," because people <laughs> weren't sure if I was your dad or under undercover CID. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Look about you as well. <laughs> I have that what? CID look about you as well. Just like kind of smart cash, like, you know, obviously you're an observant person, say. And I'm 45. <laughs> yeah, but let's be honest, let's do the match. You would have, you know, you would have, you would have been a young dad if you were my dad. Yeah, 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 no, no. And yeah. I'd have still looked oh, better than you. So, yeah. So just, <laughs> um, but just going back to, you know, w when you put your lyrics together, yeah, w what is it you're hoping that other people hear from you? Just be able to relate, honestly. Just uh, I want people to be able to relate and people to be able to understand. Um, but I, if I'm being honest, like I do it for myself. Yeah, know, of course you do, I, yeah. Yeah, like when I write the lyrics, it's like right. It's like you know, as people who know me now, you know, on social media sometimes I let my, you know, not so much now, but in the past I've definitely let my, you know, emotions slip and just say what I'm thinking at the time, but not really saying it in like a structured way. And you also know as well as me that things can get taken one way or another. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when they're being written, it's you don't understand what way that person's saying it. So, so actually, that, um, that that's a good place to go because we're going to need to finish this up soon because yeah. uh, we've been going for a while now. Um, we would go forever as well. Well, that's the problem. You and I won't yeah, shut up. I like talking about myself. But... Yeah, and for some <laughs> reason, yeah. So, but one of the things actually, because and I do think this would be a very helpful place for uh, to finish up on is. There is a big difference between the person that I knew 10 years ago yeah. when when you got shit and you got criticism yeah. to where you've evolved now to how you handle the criticism. Because, yeah. look, you and I both know the further up the tree you go, the yeah, more people could... Yeah, yeah, the more you people see you. And for every yeah. fan, there's a hater. And, and hell, yeah. by hell, fucking hell, the haters hate. And, yeah. you know, and, and whether they're, they... You know, it's not that you hear every single voice, but it's just like no. noise is still noise. So how have you learned to evolve from not taking it so personally and not like, because you said yourself, you used to react a lot more, whereas now yeah. it's much more water for ducks back. Um, I mean, you know, if I'm being honest, you know, being being close with you helps, you mm. know, being honest, you know, uh, Thank being, you. Able to speak, being able to speak to like-minded people, um, you know, I've got to a stage in my life where I'm not saying my, you know, I'm not my mum and dad, and you know, my brother and sister. We've always been very close. They've always they're proud of who I am, what I am, whatever. But maybe you know, other people within the family, you know, weren't so. Um, 
I'm not saying they're ashamed of me, yeah, but it just felt like, you know, like I've just gone and played at Isle of Wight Festival with 5,000 people. Yeah. But that's not a thing because it's it's not, I'm not singing a song with a guitar. Yeah. Um, and the point I'm trying to make is, like, I think with Jess, with my daughter Jess, the relationship I have with her um, and, you know, anyone can say anything about me, but it's... You know, being a dad is something that, you know, I, I love and something that I feel, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm being, saying, being arrogant when I say I'm a good dad, you know, like, mm. and that has earned me respect from different people within my family or friendship groups. Um, and that has made me feel more at ease of not having to splurt out, this is me, this is who I am, this is what I do, this is what I don't agree with. So, you know, I would say time is the, you know, is the key thing to why, how I've been able to deal with things. You know, you grow older, you learn more about the knock-on effect, you know. So if I was going to let... I've gone on, let's say I've gone on Facebook today, and this has happened, you know, I've gone on Facebook and someone's written a thing saying, you know, I think I'm this, I think I'm that, blah, blah, blah. And there's 50 comments of people all agreeing with what, so, which, which the person's written. Um, and by the way, that, that isn't, you know, it's not nice to read, as you can imagine. But, does it matter? Does it personally bother me? Does it personally affect where I'm at? No, it doesn't. So I've come to learn, you know, and being close with Justin as well, who is obviously a very successful person in the industry. So he has similar situations um, in Southampton. So, I mean, having him to be able to relate, you know, to, and it's that kind of saying of, like, any press is good press, you know? Yeah. So when these people are talking about me, you know, you, you, you autom automatically are going to get people who don't like that person who are then going to start looking into me and why do these people not like me? And I have it. And, you know, over the years, the amount of people who've been like, oh, I heard you were this, but you're a really nice person. Or yeah. I heard you were like this, but you're really not. And I'm really glad I made my own opinion on you and didn't base it on what other people had said, said to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just time and being able to talk to people about your problems and finding people on the same with the same mindset um and yeah i would definitely say becoming you know I, I was part of on a mission even when i was doing my own thing with access and with hcc i was always a resident for them but obviously now i'm you know i would like to think i'm like the front man mc a lot of people well they know to associate me with on a mission to the point where a lot of people just think i'm from southampton and think I'm like Justin's best mate or something. But, you know, once upon a time, I never knew that man. And he booked me, and I, you know, got on with it. You know, we were like-minded, so yeah. just naturally, 
we just got on and ended up doing more, 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 more stuff and more work together. And there's people like, you know, Rick Raw, who's a big part of what Justin does. He is a very supportive guy um, when it comes to just being able to um, talk about, you know, thing, you know, the problems and oh, this makes me feel like this and this makes me feel like that. Um, he's not part of on a mission, but there's another guy called Evo who, you know, big shout out to him. You know, like yourself, Dave, he's been on the other side of the phone when I've been in some bad places and he's been able to make me uh, think about things in a different way. Um, and while I'm here as well, before I round it up, just want to shout out Hannibal because obviously I do a lot of work with him. Um, again, he's a very, you know, He's very good at what he does, and he knows that, and he does that to his, the best of his ability. And to be able to work with someone who has that mindset keeps me on my toes. It keeps me hungry. It keeps me having to be good, you know, not just turn up. Um, and while we're here, just shout out to Newton, Inner, um, Deviant, all the rest of the team, Hazard, um, another Hazard, all these Hazards. Um, and obviously all the boys from HCC and Access and everyone who's been part of the journey so far. Big shout out to Just Eden. You know, I've done Best of All, Isle of Wight Festival with him. The guy's making big tunes at the moment. Um, he's from the Isle of Wight and he's kind of seen the bigger picture. You know, he needs to get off the island, get into, you know, in the scene. And I know he's working hard quietly, which, you know, is, is a good thing to do, um, especially at the moment while we can't get out and perform. Um, do your homework and, you know, perfect your craft. Cool. And nice. shout-outs shout out to everyone who supports me. Literally, there's so many names to mention. Um, all the DJs and MCs who performed with me, who performed for me at the Music Box. You know, I've booked people like Boom, he played Room 2 for me five, uh, six years ago and he just won Best Producer and Best Track at the Drum Bass Awards. Cool. Yeah, and that kid, and that, this is something to, for people to know, he came from Manchester for nothing. Yeah. Because so, he wanted to play and he wanted to get his name out there. So shout out to him again, who was his? It was Boo. It's Boo. It's boo, and he's probably taken about, I don't know, he's probably taken near on two grand an hour now, you know. And this is a guy who... Shout out to the guy. tax man if you're listening. Yeah, and, yeah, shout out to the tax man. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brooksy's just grassed up all his people MC people mates. Don't people don't see this. Like, you know, there's another guy, like, called Vital. He used to MC in Room 2 for me. Now he's produ he's a D he's producer, and he DJed and MC, you know, he just loved it, but... He's now producing, like, you know, biggest tunes. Um, signed with Lowdown, which is the biggest, you know, label in that side of drum and bass. Um, shout out to Operate as well. Lived up in the road from me. Um, I gave him some of his, well, I did give him the first bookings, and he's now getting tunes signed to Hospitality, which is, you know, one of the main labels in the scene. Um you know, people there. There is people um, around who've who've been doing a lot of a lot of good stuff, and it's nice to see um, along the journey. I may have, you know, played a very small part in helping them 
But I'll tell you something that's a little bit more important is it actually goes back to something that these guys all had to start somewhere. And all and all they did is worked hard and didn't give up. Definitely. And that's and probably the best place to end it. Work hard, don't give up. Work hard, don't give up. Don't let other people's opinions... Um, yeah, don't, don't let other people's opinions um, decide your future. Decide, you know, prove them wrong, you know? I am the drum and bass Jeff Hurst. And there's plenty of people who love football. And who don't know who that is. Okay. So I love being that unsung hero because it keeps me on my toes and it keeps me grounded. Um, and look, you know, I've worked hard, but I'm going to be honest, you know, I could have worked harder. I could have, but you know, I had my daughter and I had other things going on in my life and life is, is the most important thing. You know, but we're not we're not blaming five year olds for his lack of ambition. We're not blaming five-year-olds, no. But let's and just no. go. No, I was just gonna say, let's just end it with look. Everybody has to start somewhere. Definitely. Work hard, don't give up, and listen to yourself and follow your dreams. And for crying out down, don't listen to the haters. Yeah, why aren't you an MC? Because you're a lot better with words than I am. Um, I went all around, I went all around the houses up in the coldy sack back down. I don't know, probably because I'm not I'm not mad crazy on music. So anyway, we're going to end that there. Thank you very much, Brooksy. Good speech, you Dave. Cheers for having um, me, mate.